Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be with you this morning. It's lovely that the weather's been so good to us this week, uh, and it's lovely that we can gather together here in Christ's name to celebrate and worship him. Psalm 124 reminds us that our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth, a God who made all things. Amen. Can I invite Gary um, to come forward and read this God's word today? Uh, The reading this morning from St. John. In John chapter 20, starting to read, the empty tomb. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw, and he believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking, He was the gardener. She said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and to your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thank you, Derek. Um, We continue, or actually we finish this series today, uh, Women of Faith, as we look through 
a number of ladies uh, in the scriptures, especially the New Testament, um, who inspire us in their faith. We've seen that um, the characters that we read in the pages of the Bible are often um, help us. Um, we often, or sometimes they're often held up as perfection, um, but they're they're not. Um, sometimes we look back in situations or people with these rose-tinted glasses and we think everything was rosy and perfect. Uh, but given that we delve into their lives, we see that they were just ordinary people, um, like you and me. Yet God used their struggles with faith and life to draw them to himself. And as we've prayed through this series, we hope and pray that God has done the same for us uh, as we've looked at these ladies. Look at Mary and Martha. Uh, one created the space and the environment and the other, uh, with her devotion, created that moment where Jesus was able to minister into the situation where the Lord's presence was able to be manifest uh, with them. Elizabeth, uh, John the Baptist's mother, had a quiet, uh, faithful obedience that spoke volume to the world uh, around her. We saw that just one touch from the king changes everything for the lady who had been bleeding for a long time and who touched the hem of Jesus' garment in the midst of the crowd. We looked at the lady from the well and we pondered that question and are we looking for opportunities during the weekend or everyday ordinary lives for jesus to turn up that lady uh, who had the widow who had the small amount uh, thrown into the temple coffers and uh, she never imagined that her offering was too meager to give back to the lord uh, encouraging us that with a generous heart we give back to God what he has already given to us. And last week we heard about Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, the one who opened her home, whose sphere of influence spread in that part of the world and Christianity became rooted. We heard how our different personality types can actually help us reach out. Whenever we know and understand ourselves, then we know how to share and show Jesus through who we are in the situations that we find ourselves. And today, as we conclude the series, we're going to look at Mary Magdalene. Um, probably a name that we've all heard before, uh, if we've been about church for any length uh, of time. But unlike many of the others, she's named, actually, the last few people apart from Lydia, a couple of weeks before that, we were looking at unnamed ladies who had an influence. But yet, Mary Magdalene is a name that we already know, maybe we've heard before. Um, sometimes she's characterized as a prostitute, but we know for certain that she's been healed by demons, by Jesus. We saw that in Luke chapter 8 and verse 2. She's described as the lady who was healed from demons by Jesus. We also know that she was a part of this group of women um, who see and hear regularly throughout the Gospels. And outside of Mary, Jesus' mother, she's probably one of the most named females in the Gospels. And so today we join her and we join her story at that moment of the resurrection. Before we do that, let's pray before we delve into this. Father God, we thank you for who you are and all you've done for us. In this space at this time, help us to set aside those things that may bring distraction to us, those cares or occupations that we might have that would disturb our thoughts, that we might, by your Spirit, glean something afresh and anew from this fairly familiar story today. We would hear and be transformed by your spirit. We pray in this place. Amen. So she was a part of, Mary Magdalene was a part of this group of women who seemed to follow Jesus everywhere. In other words, 
She was one of Jesus' groupies, for want of a better word. She was one of that kind of, the fan base, if you like, that followed him absolutely everywhere. These ladies are described continually through the gospel stories of being with Jesus in his high moments and in his low moments, in the big moments and in the quiet moments. They're also described actually as ones who have given from themselves and of their own monies, I suppose, I'm, I, I can't get the right word, um, of their own, yeah, they, they help support Jesus in his ministry uh, and his walking through uh, life. So we assume that she would have known him fairly well. Out of all the people, um, not described as a disciple, uh, per se, out of the twelve, uh, but would have been there with them in all of those big moments. So she would have known Jesus, and Jesus would have known her well as well. And I, if you look back into Luke chapter 8, and you hear that first moment we kind of hear her mentioned, uh, where she was healed of these demons by Jesus, she obviously began to follow him because of a thankful heart. There's a moment where she was disturbed and possessed by demons, and Jesus has set her free from that, and so her heart is thankful as she begins to follow him. How are your hearts, how are our hearts, thankful to Jesus today? What is it that we have paused for to give thanks to him? Because those moments of pausing to give thanks to the Lord are those moments where something shifts within us or perspective on situations shift or, or focus on what it is that's important begins to shift. Not everything disappears from around us, but how we approach things shifts because in our thankfulness, we are inviting Jesus into that present circumstance, whatever that might be. See, in John chapter 20, uh, verse 2, it says, So she came running to Simon and the other disciple. We've already heard that early in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And so she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Her first reaction was disbelief. Disbelief that this massive stone could have been rolled away. Disbelief that the guards weren't there. Disbelief that the body of Jesus was not in the tomb. You have to say that in the context. Because sometimes we look at these familiar passages and we forget the context that has come just before it. And just before that and just before that. And so these are lady who has been healed of demons. Here's one who has followed Jesus in the highs and the lows all the way through his three years of ministry on this earth. One who has drawn close to him, who has heard his teaching, and who's been inspired by him with a thankful heart. And then Jesus dies. And there's a sense, as you read that story, uh, just prior in the Gospels, of the deflation that the disciples may have felt. They've been working towards something huge, but now Jesus is gone. And so this lady who has cared for him, who has looked after his daily needs, what's her immediate reaction? Well, it's to continue to look after his body. 
So she visits the tomb. And in disbelief, she finds that the stone is rolled away and the body is not there. And in her disbelief, she runs to tell the other people who she is close to, who know Jesus really well, he's gone. <laughs> it's over. I don't know what's happened. And so Simon and the one who Jesus loved, John, comes running to the tomb and Mary uh, comes back with him. First uh, 3 says, So Peter and the other disciples started to the tomb. Both were running and the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked in and there's a conversation goes on there and preachers have looked at that, how one runs, one gets there first but pauses and the other gets there last but rushes in and we could spend the whole day looking at that but we, we move over that moment and we see that Mary is also present. She has come with them. In verse 8 it says, Finally the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. He saw and believed, and they still did not understand from the Scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then verse 10, the disciples went back to their homes. The disciples come, they see that Jesus isn't there, and then they go back to their homes. It's just kind of a strange statement, isn't it? They kind of just go back to their homes. But what does Mary do? But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. Instead of going home, she stayed. And she wept. She wasn't afraid for her emotions to come out. She wasn't afraid that in that moment of disbelief and devastation, that everything that's within her comes welling out and over to the outside. The disbelief had now turned to anguish and to sorrow. And in that moment of anguish and sorrow, in the depths of her despair, what happened? Jesus appeared. But she doesn't recognize him. She's so overwhelmed by the situation around her that she doesn't recognize Jesus in her midst. Her weeping, her anguish, her sorrow has completely overwhelmed her. And even though she is interacting with the situation, interacting with the people who are now there, the angels and the man in white standing with her, who she now believes is the gardener tending the garden around the tomb, she is interacting with this person. So it's not that she's kind of in some other planet or some other universe or is so out of it that she can't do those daily things. But she's so consumed by them that she misses who the individual is. And it's only in verse 16 that everything changes. Thinking that she, he was the gardener, Mary said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. When Jesus says her name, everything shifts. In that moment, her anguish and sorrow 
refers to joy and jubilation. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And she told them that she had said these things to her. She ran and announced the news that the story had just got bigger. The story that they thought had finished has just got bigger. He's alive. (laughs) He's not dead. He's actually alive. I've seen him with my own eyes. I have heard him speak my name. That's what Jesus does. He makes our stories bigger because of his story. Whenever someone speaks your name, it's really important, isn't it? Often the tone in which they speak your name can be really important as well. But whenever someone knows your name, something shifts within you, doesn't it? Because in your heart, you know that you're known by them. You've been remembered by them. That there's something significant enough in you that they have remembered you. Because names are important. Names call something out of us from within. And so Jesus uses his, uses his, his there's a new word for you. Uh, Jesus uses Mary's name to call that moment of importance out. And each of us today are known by name by the Lord. The scriptures tell us that. That even before one of our days came to be, even before one of them was ordained, he has known the plans that he's had for us. Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. They've all been laid out before us. And he calls us by name to follow him. He calls us by name to step into his big story so that our stories might be enlarged by his story. I wonder, have you heard Jesus call your name? Have you heard him beckon you to him? To draw you close and to hold you tight and to ensure you and encourage you of those moments of mercy and of forgiveness that can only come because of his death and his resurrection. Those moments where he calls you to be a part of his big story. And for many, we will have heard Jesus do that for us. And maybe for you, you're hearing that in this moment for the first time in a different way. Maybe for the first time you're hearing Jesus call your name in a way that you've never heard him do it before. May I encourage you 
to listen to it, to walk forward towards it, and to use the eyes that he has given you, not the wee googly ones, but the eyes that he has given you, to see him more clearly. And sometimes whenever that begins to happen, we're uncertain of what's going on around us. As I said a couple of times, I've got these new glasses, and they're very focal. The the optician said it's like going from naught to 60 in, in two seconds, moving from nothing to these, and it is. But there's a little sweet spot in them, depending on where I'm looking. So if I don't really want to see you, so I can do this, and you're all blurry. But then you become clearer. As we hear Jesus call our names for the first time, or maybe into something very specific, sometimes that's almost what it feels like. There's a little sweet spot where we can see him clearly, but everything else around us seems fuzzy, uncertain, and filled with confusion. I have a conversation would help you understand some of that. Understand what's going on or what Jesus is calling you to or why he is calling your name. Not that I have all the answers and not that Gareth has all the answers. So you don't? No, okay. Um, But we we would love to have a cup of coffee with you, a cup of tea, and have a conversation about what that might look like or what that means for you. Because what a statement it would be For us to declare today the way Mary declared in verse 18, I have seen the Lord. God invites us to be part of his big story. So he can lead us close to home or far from it. In a place of comfort or away from a place of comfort. Let me put that a different way. In a place of comfort or way, 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 way out of our comfort zone. Either way, God is present with us. And he knows your name. Mary was healed and felt freedom. She saw the crucifixion and experienced the pain and the grief that it brought. She saw the missing body and she felt the anguish and the disbelief. And then she was called by name, by her name. And she experienced the joy that the risen Christ brings into our situations. So do you stand in disbelief today? Observing the pain, numbed in the moment where everything might seem a little bit fuzzy around the corners, but something clear is allowing your eyes to see Jesus? Or are you hearing and experiencing that moment where the rest of the world might not hear it, but to you it sounds like an audible voice saying your name? Mary Magdalene, women of faith, people who we can learn from on our journey and in our story so that they, our journeys, our stories are enlarged by God's big story and that we each play our part in that 
no matter how small or large he calls us to be. Let's pray to God. Father God, we thank you that you are present. And so, Lord, in this space, in this time, we pause. May we be comfortable enough to simply sit where we are. May we wish to place our hands open in front of us as we invite the Lord to call our name, to speak into our situations as we lay our lives before him. That he might bring clarity to our disbelief. joy into your anguish. That in this moment, as we look to him, we might have that sweet spot of seeing him clearly. May he encourage each one of us that no matter where we find ourselves or what it is that we find ourselves involved in or doing in this moment, that he knows us, that he loves us, that he calls us by name, and that he is present with us. In the precious and beautifully powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now to him is able to do a measure more. Now we ask, seek, or even dare to imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.